This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Welcome to Happy Class. This is a special bonus series of the Live Free Creative podcast, where I, Miranda Anderson, give you a little bit of an inside scoop into my Master of Applied Positive Psychology program at UPenn. I am going to spend the 2022-2023 school year diving deep into the science of well-being, answering the question, what makes life worth living? And I'm excited to share little bits and pieces along the way with you. So whether you're interested in what's it like being in graduate school as an almost 40-year-old, or if you, like me, are interested in living a little bit better life, I hope that you'll enjoy these quick, thoughtful insights as to the things that I'm learning and what I think about them. Hop into my backpack. Let's head on in to happy class. Welcome back to Happy Class, week 18, rolling along. We are one week away from our next on-site, where we will actually be in class. A bunch of my classmates are going to be gathering in Orange County, California, which sounds delightful. I decided to opt out of this one because it's the day after my birthday, which means I would be traveling on my 40th birthday, and I like a piece of that sounds fun and then a piece of it sounds like I want to celebrate my birthday at home with my family. I'm having a big birthday party for myself on the evening before my birthday which is perfect timing because usually all of our assignments are due and we have like two to three days of break before the next class session begins. So my last assignment for this learning period is due on February 7th. I turn that in on the 7th. I'm throwing myself a big fun birthday party on the 8th. My actual birthday is February 9th. I'm turning 40. Turning 40 in the middle of a graduate program feels really fun for some reason. And then I have class the 10th, 11th, and 12th all day long. So those school weekends I've shared before are really intense. They're very full-time emotionally and and physically draining. (laughs) Hilariously, you're sitting or standing at your computer all day, and that is somehow physically draining as well. So I'm going to be home in my office or at my co-working space getting school done next weekend, which feels like good timing. That means this week has been sort of the week that things are due. I'm getting used to the rhythm now. Of course, the semester is a little bit different, and this is my first distance learning period of this semester. So it's our first real introduction to what the workload looks like. 
generally, at least last semester, they were very similar workloads each of the distance learning periods between classes. I think it's going to be similar this time. We do have one class that has group projects that are not concurrent. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. We have one group project that I talked a lot about last week that is the same group, the same project throughout the entire semester. And each of the distance learning periods, we're turning in a piece of what will be the final big project. In one of the other classes, we have a group project, but we are assigned a group and a piece of the semester. So like my group project, we didn't really do any of the work for it this first distance learning period because our presentation will be next distance learning period. So that class has felt very light for me right now, but I think next time between February and March will be pretty intense because that's when my group is on for doing the big project. And then, you know, April and May will be light again for me because we're kind of bouncing the ball around who's in charge uh, of these dynamic paper presentations. My other two classes, I think, are going to be similar. They're a little bit lower workload than what I saw last time. One of them is a multiple-page paper. It's a combination of reflection and academic writing, and so that's a little bit easier for me. I'm more of a creative writer than like a strictly academic writer, so that has been fun. I feel like it's kind of the best of both worlds. And then the other one is a presentation. It's a PowerPoint presentation along with notes, and we do that each distance learning period, and that feels right up my alley. It was surprising when I was working on that this last time, the one I turned in last week, that the hardest part about it for me was figuring out a slide design that I liked. And that's so dumb because we're not even graded on the slides themselves, like what they look like, the graphic presentation of them. But being such a visual person and design-oriented person, I had all of the information that I wanted on my slides and it took me hours to develop and modify a slide design that I felt represented the tone of the presentation that I wanted so that was kind of funny and I just like acknowledged that that was a personal choice that I was making spending a lot of time designing these slides that will not be graded on their design it did make sense to me to develop a presentation that I want to actually use in real life and so you know I've taught lots of classes I've taught online classes I've done free webinars And they all have a slide presentation that goes along with them. And so I'm thinking about these presentations that I'm creating this semester as actual work product that I can use in my coaching practice. I can do, you know, free trainings or webinars or even paid trainings and webinars around some of these positive psychology strengths and uh, character building practices that is really good, helpful information. So that's part of why I spent so much time on the design thinking I want to be able to actually like turn this on and use it at some point. Something that's really fun about that is that I have a homework partner in my class that we give each other our presentations, you know, as students, I give one to her, she gives hers to me, we talk about them and then and tweak them so that they're a little bit better. And then I have a homework partner who I am working with this semester who is not a student that I'm giving my presentation to and then able to chat about it kind of like a a beta run with a real client, like potential client. And that is really fun because my homework partner has mentioned several times that the presentation that I gave as part of my homework assignment has been really impactful. And they've been thinking about it a lot and they've shared some of the ways that they've implemented some of the skills that I taught in the presentation. So it feels really validating and motivating that 
um, developing things that can be used for good in real life. Another fun, funny piece of news in the school world is that we have a like mini student government for our cohort, and I didn't volunteer for it because I felt like going to school and running the business and doing family and doing life was a lot anyway, and and so I I didn't need to like add you know this unnecessary volunteer leadership opportunity, so I didn't volunteer for it. However, I was involved because I was, you know, the whole class was asked about some swag and logo wear and things like that if they had an opinion. And I mentioned, you know, I just voted and then also, <laughs> I guess, volunteered to help because I have run a product shop for many years. And so I, you know, I have some experience with ordering t-shirts and mugs and sweatshirts and that kind of stuff. Because of my willingness and the ease of volunteering for to help the student government last semester one of the volunteers has had to step down because of some other obligations in her life and so she passed the torch to me so I am this semester taking up the official co-leadership position for my cohort which mostly is going to entail designing and ordering map program sweatshirts that we can give as gifts for graduation which sounds so fun and easy and totally something I would want to be involved in anyway. I just thought I should update you on that little bit of school information. I mentioned last week our organization group project. That was a big, big assignment. Even just this one piece that I have taken the lead on this last, you know, this distance learning period, I wrote a draft of a paper. It was about a seven-page paper with an additional five or six page of references, and I had really dug into it. I spent hours just researching and and immersing myself in this understanding and figuring out how to synthesize information in a meaningful way and be clear and direct without getting too in the weeds. It was a little bit overwhelming as I got started and then I really sort of felt like I hit a stride and this reminded me of the wisdom of our assistant instructor's advice to let someone really carry the majority of the load on these writing projects and just switch off who that person is per project rather than trying to integrate. Imagine having four people doing research simultaneously on similar topics and then trying to put it all together, even though it was a really big investment of time and energy, because this is, you know, the one that I'm taking the lead on. It also felt really good to be able to synthesize all of that information in a meaningful way rather than trying to pull together four different ways of thinking about it and approaching it and and putting all of that together. I did a draft, posted it to my group board, gave everyone a chance to look it over and do track changes and send comments or clarifications. And then I sucked it back into a Word document, tightened it up, integrating people's ideas and, and information, and then turned it in. So that was my big piece of this big project is submitted. I'm excited to get feedback on it. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. 
The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. One thing that I told my group that I just think is kind of funny is that I was getting APA notes all the way through the semester last time. I'm, get, I'm getting A's on all my papers, but I still am not super great at doing APA references. The citations in text are fine, but the reference page itself is just gets a little messy for me. So despite using a reference manager this semester already that it has been so great, I had to reference things that I didn't really know exactly how, like brochures that were undated and, and didn't have authors, things like that that were kind of outside of the scope of a regular journal article or book. So I'm very curious to see what kind of notes we get. And I just told my team, check the APA. If you know something better than me, then please feel free to correct it. And if not, we'll just see what they say. So we're kind of like phoning that one in a little bit. Now, what I want to share as far as just like a little piece of information that's felt really applicable and interesting this last few weeks, and in particular this week, is from a different class, my class on the humanities, positive humanities. One of our assignments was to this learning period we're focusing on music and the way that music influences well-being and one of the papers we read is by Jonathan Cooper Smith who is the director of musical studies the chair of musical studies and a conductor at Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia this is one of the most prestigious musical institutes in the United States it has 155 students all of whom receive merit-based full tuition scholarships their acceptance rate is four percent so every single student is the highest level of high levels of musical performance composition and conducting. In his paper, he talks about the way that music can be used to increase our well-being. And he goes through it using the PERMA structure, which was developed by Martin Seligman at sort of the inception of the field of positive psychology where each of these letters stands for one of the sections of life that can be influenced or, or can flourish in order to increase overall well-being. I want to just walk you through these in terms of music and share some ideas for how you can think about using music in a way that increases your overall well-being. The first one is positive emotions. That's the P in PERMA. And he talks about planning ahead to use music to regulate your emotions through the day. This is the one that I have used the most over the last month with huge outcomes that I notice I can attune my emotions by what I'm playing, what I'm listening to. If I need a little pick-me-up in the morning, turning on a playlist physiologically and emotionally changes me. If I need to be able to get in touch with some grief or sadness, I can choose a playlist that helps me evoke those emotions it's really amazing I think we all like know this with our heads but actually using music as a tool to be in touch with your emotional state and specifically to increase positive emotion 
is really cool. The next one is E, that's engagement. This is a way that you can be more absorbed in whatever it is you're doing, in particular thinking about music. So try not to observe it analytically, staying engaged in the process, the emotional process of a musical piece, whether it's something on the radio or you're you know, at a live concert, that engagement and presence in the process gives you more access to the different emotional qualities that are available to you. The R in permit means relationships. And in terms of music, this means go to more live concerts if you can. Create in-person connections with other people or listen to music in community, you know, which can be playing fun music with your kids or taking your family to the symphony. Exposing yourself in community to music can be one way that music increases your well-being. The M in PERMA stands for meaning, and Cooper Smith recommends seeking out and listening to music of greater depth, which can develop your capacity for deeper meaning down the road. Not only sticking to like the top 10 pop hits that you know all the words to, but how can you intentionally seek out music that evokes meaning and purpose in your life? And then the A is accomplishment, and his suggestion is to learn to play an instrument, even if it's a, a, a simple one, or that you're learning simple things. Being able to feel accomplished in your musical ability at a very baseline level can bring a lot of well-being and joy into your life. I heard this one, and I was like, I know, I've been trying. <laughs> you remember last year when I turned 39 I decided on four goals for my 40th birthday I'll be sharing more about those next week one of my goals was to learn to play four songs on the guitar and because I set that goal I already know how to play the guitar sort of at a very low level baseline because I set that goal I pulled it out more often this year than I had in years past and I can say that even though I didn't improve a whole lot The moments that I engaged with it, that I sat down, pulled it out, gave myself some time to look at some music and to strum along and to sing along, I felt accomplished and it feels good and I want to do that more often. So that's how you can P-E-R-M-A your music. I'm curious if you give any of these a try, if you notice that they make a difference for you too. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. 